the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies. Strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIFIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Is this going to be a rainy weekend? I hope not. Sunday is Mother's Day, and we want the weather to be perfect. But the weather this spring has been all over the place. It's been wetter than normal, but we've had some patches of good weather. And hopefully tomorrow will be a warm, sunny day. Uh, But clouds have been forecast, but let's hope it's no rain tomorrow. But we used to Northeast Ohio and the fast-changing weather patterns, and we've learned to make the most of whatever Mother Nature throws at us. The day to focus... On now is Mother's Day. That's tomorrow. That's the day to tell Bob how much you love her and thank her for all she's done for us and the family. And she's no longer here. A day for us to recall the memories and ask her to put in a good word with God for us. Mothers are the center of every family. They're the gravity that keeps the family together. And no matter how old the mom is, She's always watching her children, even if they're in middle age, for those signs of improvement. (laughs) So this weekend, we have to finish our to-do list and uh, work on that financial plan a little bit so that tomorrow we can enjoy Mother's Day with Bob. So for the past week, weeks, investors have been examining the first quarter earnings results and the end of the earning uh, reports, the rate earning season is approaching, and the results continue to look better than expected. Now investors are turning their attention back to the big questions like, uh, will there be more regional bank failures? Hmm. Uh, will the Federal Reserve uh, do another federal funds rate increase, or uh, will they pause at the next uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting in mid-June? Uh, will inflation slow down? And uh, 
is it enough to ensure a soft landing? Uh, or uh, is there a recession in the near future? These are questions that we have. And then the last one, when and how will the debt ceiling uh, be resolved? Uh, the last question is probably the most immediate question because we're going to hear about it for the, for the next month. Uh, we have had this uh, debt ceiling crisis in the uh, recent past. The United States has lived with uh, debt ceilings for over 100 years. I think it started in 1917. And Congress and the administration, they've worked their way through them successfully, some with, a, some with drama, some without drama. Uh, the debt ceiling crisis of 2011 uh, led Standard and Poor uh, to downgrade the federal debt for the first time in U.S. history, and uh, another tense negotiation over the debt ceiling brought the country to within days of default in 2013. Since then, the debt ceiling has been raised or suspended five times without much controversy. Most recently, in December of 2021, the debt ceiling was raised to $31.381 trillion. That's trillion with a T, uh, roughly 2.2 trillion higher than the public debt subject to the limit at that time. So they gave them a little 2.2 trillion pad to work uh, to uh, expand the debt. And that's, that's, what we're running into right now, we're up against that uh, that debt ceiling. Uh, deficits since then have, of course, added to the debt. And in January, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen announced that the federal government had reached the limit and was initiating extraordinary measures to pay the bills. Uh, she estimated the combination of the Treasury's cash balance and those extraordinary measures would allow the federal government to pay the bills at least until early June. And since January, uh, Secretary Yellen has made it clear that uh, considerable uh, uncertainty surrounds the actual date on which the government will no longer be able to pay its bills. That's commonly referred to nowadays as X date. Uh, part of that uncertainty is due to the difficulty in projecting the annual tax payments and refunds, which are processed around the mid-April uh, tax filing deadline. So the question is, basically, how close are we to that X date? And the, uh, this, all this uncertainty has led to all sorts of guesses, uh, some very, very educated guesses, and maybe just some hope and poke and hope guesses. Uh, but let's start, let's take a look at some of the guesses that people have made regarding the X date. Now, Goldman Sachs, uh, this this comes from uh, uh, an article by uh, uh, John, Authors, John uh, Authors. It was in uh, Bloomberg. And uh, Goldman Sachs, Treasuries, uh, their, their projection is Treasury's timeline raises the odds of a short-term extension, perhaps to late July or to late September. Citigroup says expect Treasury Secretary Yellen to push the X date to June 15th in the coming week, uh, supporting outlook for a temporary deal in June and a full deal later in September. Uh, J.P. Morgan uh, says that Treasuries will Treasury will exhaust all available resources to continue to avoid a technical default by June 9th. Uh, Bank of America says X date pulled forward, consistent with Yellen's uh, guidance, due to Treasuries higher than expected financing needs and lower than expected remaining extraordinary measures. Barclays, uh, Treasury resources will dip to around $50 billion 
and then hover there uh, between June 5th and June 14th, after which the department should have enough breathing room to make it into the late uh, July. So there's a there's a, uh, a group of estimates. Nobody knows what that. Well, the history will show us what the right answer was. But uh, this week, global equities were mixed in the United States after a volatile week of uh, basically indirection <laughs> of the three major stock indices: the Dow Jones Industrial Average, Standard and Poor 500. And the NASDAQ uh, composite, only the NASDAQ composite was marginally up for the week. And in the UK, the FTSE 100 was down for the week, while in the European Union, Germany's DAX was up, but the stock of Europe 600 was down for the week. Uh, Equities were uh, up in Asia. No, they weren't up in Asia. They were mixed in Asia. Uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up, while China, in China, both the Shanghai Composite as well as Hong Kong's Hang Sen uh, were both down for the week. Wait a second. Let's check on that. Uh, On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones Industrial Average at 33,674.38, 33,674.38, and it was down uh, 1.24% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,136.25, and it was down uh, eight tenths of 1% uh, for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at uh, 12,235.41. And it was up uh, 0.07% uh, for the week. If I, uh, if I take a look at what consumers are thinking now, there's a survey that's put out by the University of Michigan, which basically showed that, uh, you know, the consumers uh, are are having a rough time this last uh, couple of weeks in terms of uh, their concerns about inflation and, and purchases. So what we're seeing from this consumer uh, survey from the University of Michigan, uh, U.S. long-term inflation expectations unexpectedly accelerated in early May to a 12-year high and consumer sentiment soured uh, reflecting growing concern about the economic outlook. This is quite sudden. Uh, if we take a look at the index of consumer sentiment in uh, in May, it was uh, uh, 57.7, and the month before in April, it was 63.5. So that's quite a drop. And... Uh, the that's composed of two parts. One is the current economic conditions, and that that's basically for what people expect for the next twelve months. And then the index of consumer expectations uh, that's more like two or three years down the road. But we're so what we're seeing is that uh, the current economic conditions uh, survey went down to sixty four point five from the April uh, 68.2, and the index of consumer expectations uh, for May went down to 53.4 from 60.5 in April. So according to Joanne Chu, who is the uh, director of this survey, uh, read it verbatim, consumer sentiment tumbled 9% amid renewed concerns about the trajectory of the economy, erasing about half of the gains achieved after the all-time historic low from last June, uh, while current incoming macroeconomic data shows no signs of a recession, consumers' worries about the economy escalated in May 
alongside the proliferation of negative news about the economy, including the uh, debt crisis standoff. Uh, Year-ahead expectations for the economy plummeted 23% from last month. Long-run expectations uh, slid by 16% as well, indicating that consumers are worried that any economic downturn will not be brief throughout the current inflationary episode. Customer uh, consumers have shown resilience under strong labor markets, but their anticipation of a recession will lead them to pull back uh, when signs of weakness emerge. If policymakers fail to resolve the debt ceiling crisis, uh, these dismal views over the economy may exasperate the dire economic consequences of default. There's a mouthful. Uh, sounds like the, according to this survey, uh, people are, are getting overwhelmed with the uh, uh, lifting the debt ceiling as well as concerns about a recession. Let me continue here. Uh, quote, Year-ahead inflation expectations receded slightly to 4.5% in May after spiking to 4.6% in April. After two years of relative stability, long-run inflation expectations rose to their highest reading since uh, 2011, uh, lifting from 3% last month to 3.2% this month. So that's the unquote. That's the end of the end of the uh, uh, survey summary from uh, uh, Joanne Chu. Uh, you know, basically what they're what they're seeing is buying conditions for durable goods declined basically to a five months low in early May, uh, with about forty two percent of uh, respondents blaming high prices for eroding their living standards. That's basically what the, the survey of consumers from the University of Michigan, that's what it's useful for in terms of getting a gauge on consumers and uh, with regard to how they're feeling to assess uh, how they're feeling towards uh, making major purchases like homes, cars, things of this nature. So consumers' perception of the economic output over the over the next 12 months and uh, five years, both fell to the lowest since uh, July, uh, while views of their current financial situation improved slightly, expectations uh, uh, deteriorated. So to me, uh, I guess I'm not seeing that, uh, but they're basically saying that the consumer feeling uh, becoming slightly overwhelmed by the uh, the debt ceiling crisis as well as the concerns about uh, recession. Uh, this past week, investors received encouraging uh, data in, attempt to, in our attempts to conquer inflation. The U.S. Department of Labor published their uh, monthly consumption price uh, index for April, and it basically showed that um, uh, the uh, CPI number, the uh, uh, Consumer Price Index number, for the 12 months ending in April, uh, uh, the CPI increased 4.9% as opposed to increasing 5% the previous month. So the CPI increased uh, in March, ending in March, the 12-month ending in March, it went up 5%. This time it went up 4.9 percent, and the difference we would like the difference in those numbers to be greater than going from five to 4.9. But uh, one of the biggest contributors to the inflation number is the cost of shelter, uh, which is basically starting to go down. Uh, because house prices are going down as well as rents, so I think what we're going to see in the future is a is a bigger change uh, next month when we take a look at the uh, the consumer price index. 
and also uh, uh, together with the consumer price index, which is the price increases at the retail level, uh, we also take a look at the uh, producer price index, which is the what we refer to as the, the factory gate inflation numbers. And what we see there is that uh, uh, the numbers for April, for the 12 months ending in April, uh, inflation went up uh, 2.3%, whereas uh, the previous month in March, it had gone up 2.7%. So uh, the, uh, the producer price index had a, has a reasonable uh, drop in inflation. And uh, uh, went from 2.7% for the 12 months ending in March to 2.3% for the 12 months ending in uh, April. And we also saw that if we take a look in, at the uh, uh, import prices, import prices have been down 4.8% over the last 12 months. So that, that information comes from the Department of Commerce. And uh, we also see that the uh, if you take a look at the economy itself, the U.S. economy, uh, what we're seeing is that manufacturing is slowing down uh, because of the uh, Federal Reserve's increase in the interest rate. Uh, but uh, that's in the manufacturing area. In the service sector, uh, only parts of it are slowing down. The service sector is still expanding, and that's a sector that has... Uh, um, you know, the uh, travel and the accommodations and the going out for uh, to eat and things of this nature. So that's still a booming part of the economy, and that's part of what the Federal Reserve is looking hard at. You know, they're trying to get inflation down to 2 or 3%. Actually, their official goal is 2%. Uh, there's a lot of people that think it should be 3%, but uh, the Federal Reserve doesn't want to change anything. And uh, for fear, they'll be criticized for moving the goalpost. Uh, so basically, uh, it's going to be more difficult to get down to that 2% because of the activities in the service sector. Uh, the idea being that uh, uh, we're getting raises in the order of uh, 5% per year, and uh, uh, that's kind of incompatible with uh, a, a 2% inflation. The Federal Reserve would like to get those raises down into the uh, 2 or 3% per year. So, and uh, basically what you're seeing in, in here is that the, the test ahead of us right now is the, uh, the debt uh, ceiling, raising the debt ceiling. Uh, we've done it in the past. We've done it innumerable, innumerable times over the last hundred years. And basically what I'm looking at is hey, they'll get it done again uh, somehow or other. Uh, there'll be a lot of drama. Um, and in uh, one group telling another group that uh, they won't negotiate. But uh, somehow or other, they, they always uh, negotiate down uh, and reach agreement at the very last minute. Now, this is uh, Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. The toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, 
finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, if you got, uh, you want to give us a call, the toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. Good morning, Jim. Yes, Colleen. Um, Betty gave us a call during the break, and she's got a great question. She said she generally doesn't pay much attention to what's going on in Washington, but she keeps hearing more and more about the debt ceiling negotiations that really aren't going well. And um, (laughs) like many of our listeners, she's on Social Security, and she says, you know, she wants to know, does she need to worry about this? Uh, It's not, it's one of those things that, uh, hey, it's happened many, many times in the past, and, uh, uh, I'm fairly confident it's going to happen this time, and we'll get it through. Uh, but uh, if it does happen, this will be the first debt default in U.S. history. And basically, it would be a a big mess, a big horror show. And uh, I don't, I'm not quite sure what the global financial situation would be. So... Uh, it'll certainly bring on a recession, I'll guarantee you that. Uh, but the this has happened many, many times before, and it, it's just a lot of uh, drama and stubbornness. So uh, what we have is in the United States, we've got uh, uh, 60, over 60 million people uh, on Social Security, and benefits are either in the disability or pension benefits or whatever. Uh, I think it's 67 million people. And uh, there was a law in 1996 that provided an escape clause that allows the Treasury Department to continue paying Social Security benefits, even though there's a delay in raising the debt ceiling. So uh, I think there is legal authority and it could be used uh, to make sure that some payments are paid. Uh, the law allows the uh, Social Security Trust Fund to draw down to keep these benefits flowing until the debt limit is raised while prohibiting these funds from being used to pay for other government programs. Uh, there's there's very little Americans can do uh, to prepare for a uh, default. Uh, so, you know, the government is going to, couldn't, is not going to be able to figure out what to pay. So it would be focused on the Social Security part. Uh, in, in any case, uh, the best defense is to keep your own financial house in order and make sure that you've got your emergency funds on hand and uh, uh, make sure that you've got your money available just in case the Social Security does uh, get interrupted for a short period of time. Uh, the U.S. credit rating will, if it does happen, most likely be downgraded. And uh, what you're going to do is send the interest rates up higher. And uh, uh, basically what you're going to see is the uh, Biden administration and the House of and the House of the Houses of Congress uh, right now, there's a, uh, uh, a bill that's uh, uh, been put out by the House of Representatives. It's, it calls for a 1.5 trillion dollar uh, increase in the debt limit, 
uh, uh, good, and that bill would be good until uh, March of next year. And the idea being that the the uh, uh, basically the what is it? Here we go. Uh, the debt ceiling will be raised by one point five. Tri- this is the House of Representatives plan. Uh, the debt ceiling will be raised by one point five trillion, uh, or until next March, whatever comes first. Uh, however, the bill also contains four point eight trillion dollars in proposed deficit reduction measures spread over the next 10 years. So whatever the negotiators come up with, and by negotiators, I mean people from the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the President, whatever they agree to uh, will have to be passed by the majority of the House of Representatives, uh, the Senate, which will require 60 votes, and uh, they have to be signed off by the president. They've done it multiple times before, and I'm confident that they can do it this time with a little bit, maybe more drama than before, and then we can get back to our usual worries. But the, as far as we're concerned, as far as uh, anybody here, any investor or person on Social Security is concerned, uh, the important thing is to have that emergency fund up to snuff uh, on the unlikely event that you're going to need it. So there's nothing we're going to do with regard to getting Congress and the president to act on it. They all realize that uh, if they don't get this thing done, they're going to have 66 million voters uh, ticked off at them. So I think that'll be incentive enough to keep them uh, working this problem until it's finished. So this is Jim McAleese. I hope that's enough for, for Betty. I don't have a good answer for you other than uh, be prepared for that emergency fund that you're in. Hopefully, I don't think you'll need it, but that's, that's your best defense. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call or our toll-free number. is 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. Uh You know, the, I was just mentioning uh, in response to that call that uh, uh, the best thing that we can do as far we're way away from the problem in terms of uh, solving the debt crisis. We're talking uh, trillions and trillions of dollars here. In other words, the debt ceiling right now is that uh, I think $31.4 trillion. And uh, uh, if once we get past this debt ceiling, probably the best thing that the uh, government can do, and by the government I mean Congress, House of Representatives, Senate, and the president can do, is really start to get this spending under control. Um Basically, what I'm seeing is that, uh, you know, the, uh, the latest government uh, uh, budget that was presented uh, was for, and it was presented by the president, was for $6.6 trillion for uh, 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 2024. And uh, uh, we only take in $4.7 trillion in uh, receipts for the federal government. And uh, I mean, that, that includes all the money that comes into the federal government, $4.7 $4. trillion. That means that the, the uh, personal income tax, the corporate income tax, the payroll taxes that uh, uh, for Social Security and Medicare, uh, the excise taxes, 
the uh, uh, tariffs, all of that, all those sources of income total out at uh, $4.7 trillion. And uh, uh, basically what the government is proposing to spend is $6.6 trillion. That means that uh, we've got some uh, real work to do in terms of uh, figuring out uh, how to how to reduce the uh, spending that we've got going on here. We're basically, we're, when you take a look at what we're doing, we're spending, we're borrowing uh, the difference between 6.6 and, and 4.7 something like $2 trillion. And that borrowing is not a one-time event. That's happening every year. So something's got to give. Uh, that That isn't the solution to the uh, increase in the, in the debt limit right now. But after we get through this debt limit, we certainly should have a, a uh, meeting. We certainly should have a great effort to get the budget and the income uh, squared away, because uh, you know I I can't run a business like that. You can't run a household like that. Uh, something's got to give here. So and let's talk about uh, we we were talking about uh, what we can do to protect ourselves against uh, uh, this, and then if you're getting so. Social Security, it boils down to making sure that you do have your uh, emergency fund. Uh, and we always uh, advocate about uh, six months of, of uh, monthly income. Whatever it takes to run your household per month, multiply that by six. And uh, that should be money in the bank that uh, you can utilize if you lose a job or you know, there's a unforeseen issue or problem and and uh, you need the money so that's that's your basically your emergency fund and uh, uh, that's part of your financial planning your financial planning is basically uh, develop that emergency fund that's the first that's the is the first fund that you you really develop is to get a uh, fund that uh, is strictly for uh, emergencies. Let's go to the phones again. Hello, this is Jim McAlee. Can I help you? Hello? Hi. Is it? Oh, hi. Hi, Jim. You just answered my question. When you said the emergency fund, I wondered, did you mean keep it at home or just a, a, an account in the bank? Yes, I'm referring to an account in the bank. You know, I, I basically refer to an emergency fund as basically uh, a fairly a fairly significant amount of money. And whatever it takes to run your household per month, multiply that by six, put the money in the bank so that you can get to an emergency, uh, a big emergency. Now we also uh, we also advocate keeping some dollars in the in the house too. In terms of uh, if something happens and you have to travel uh, immediately, you know, it's useful to keep a couple thousand dollars uh, handy so that you don't have to worry about the banks are closed. The banks are closed and I can't get to my, can't get to my money. So uh, it comes in two flavors. Keep a few dollars in the house. Uh, for for traveling or for real emergencies, and the other part is keep about six months of money necessary to run your family household. Uh, uh, you know, keep that in the bank at Andy. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Take Bye. care. Have a good day now. Bye bye. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. I was the baby brother. I was the quiet other. And I remember mother so well. I was the little stranger. I never was in danger. 
Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. One of the things we saw this week, uh, it tells us the economy is moving in the right direction, uh, was the uh, uh, consumer price index. You know, all of us have been watching prices go up and up and up. And uh, the ones we notice first are the food and gasoline because we buy them on a regular basis. You know, the Department of Labor keeps track of the rising prices with their consumer price index report every month. And on Wednesday, they released their report for April. Uh, the results show that inflation going down, um, and, uh, but just a little bit. And still, we have a lot, a lot farther to go. If we take a look at headline inflation, which... I'm referring to headline inflation as uh, the inflation for all of the things we buy, and that includes food and uh, energy. And then we'll also talk about core inflation, where we uh, eliminate the uh, the uh, expenses of food and energy and just talk about the other things. That's the core inflation part. Now, the headline, which is the all-inclusive inflation number for the past 12, for the past 12 months, uh, was reported to be 4.9% for the period ending, a 12-month ending in uh, April uh, of 2023. Uh, that was, uh, if, you go, if you go back and say, what's the progress of inflation been? Uh, this recent bout of inflation really started in March of 2021. Uh, March of 2021, uh, the Department of Labor indicated that inflation stood at 3%, which was a, which basically a red flag. Here we go. Uh, and then uh, that was the start, March of 2021. Then it had uh, it gone up to from there, it gone up to five percent by Labor Day, and then it had gone up by to seven percent by Christmas of 2021. That's when the uh, Federal Reserve instituted their plan of saying, "Okay, uh, we thought it was transitory. It's not transitory. It's something we've got to deal with." So they began to increase the interest rates. And uh, what you saw was that even when they began to increase the interest rates, inflation continued to go up until, uh, let's say, it was 7% at Christmas of 2021. By June of 2022, it had gotten up to, had got up to 9.1%, and then it started to go down. So it has been coming down for a long period of time. It's um, 8.5% in July, 8.3% in August, September 82 7.7% in October. And by December of 2022, it was down to 6.5. And since you know, this year, it had gone down from uh, January's number was 6.4% inflation. Now it's 4.9% inflation. So it's on its way down. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see some activity. Maybe we'll get close to 3% by uh, the third quarter of this year. And the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, when we talk about 4%, 4.9%, that was over a uh, 12-month period that ended that ended in April, but if we talk about how much the inflation was just during the month of April, from March to April, uh, it was four tenths of one percent. And the uh, Department of Labor reported that the core, uh, where we eliminate food and fuel, uh, that rose four tenths of a percent in April. And over the last 12-month period, the core CPI 
uh, rose 5.5%. So one of the things that they see in the report is that shelter was the largest. Uh, in other words, they, they basically, the consumer report, they look at a basket of goods and services and uh, shelter, sh- sh- shelter is one of those uh, items in that basket. It is the biggest item in the basket. It's basically 35% of the basket. So whatever uh, shelter cost, if it goes up, it has a big impact on the consumer price index. But what we're seeing right now is that uh, shelter uh, increased four-tenths of a percent in April from March, and it increased 8.1% over the 12-month period ending in April. And uh, that's the biggest component of the uh, CPI basket. Uh, Sugar is 35%. Food is uh, 13.5%. And energy is about 7%. So shelter is a big contributor. And now they expect the shelter part to start to go down and take take the inflation with it because uh, the rents are, are are slowing down and uh, the house prices are slowing down. Uh, all these things that drove inflation to the limits that you see right now are beginning to slow down. So uh, what you see in terms of uh, uh, the uh, shelter index, it was the largest factor in the monthly increase for all items, less food and energy. Uh, the, the food index for April was unchanged from March, and the food at home index fell two-tenths of a percent for the, over the month, and uh, following a three-tenths of a percent decrease in uh, March. Uh, so basically what you're seeing is that the um, inflation is going down. It's just going to take time to get there. There's no use going through the individual numbers. Uh, we're also seeing that, uh, that when we talk about the CPI numbers, that's at the consumer level. Um, that builds upon a foundation from the producer price index. Uh, the producer price index is the factory gate. How much does the producer uh, increase his prices uh, depending upon the, his costs and uh, profits and things of this nature? And uh, basically what we're seeing here is that uh, the, uh, uh, the producer price index went from 2.7% uh, over a 12 month period ending in March to 2.3 percent, which is a which is a nice decrease in the number, and that's going to uh, result in a decrease in the consumer price index next month too. So uh, the consumer price index is moving in the right direction. Uh, I also indicated that. Um, uh, and the cost of goods uh, that are being imported has gone down something like 4.8% over the last 12 months. <clears throat> so things are moving in the right direction, inflation-wise. Uh, one of the things we're seeing in terms of uh, uh, the economy itself is that there's a, there seems to be a... <clears throat> Uh, dichotomy between the manufacturing sectors of the economy, which are slowing down, and uh, the the service sectors of the economy that are staying up there, and those are the uh, restaurants and and uh, entertainment and travel and things of this nature. But they also include a lot more things than that, and. Uh, what you're seeing is that the <clears throat> business activity in the U.S. service sector has been positive, and uh, the Institute of Supply Management, which is an organization that basically uh, 
talks to the executives in uh, the the service industries, and her question to them is, how old is this month compared to last Compared to the last month, is it uh, is it uh, better, worse, about the same? So what they do is take the comments from the executives and the managers in the different industries and uh, grind them together in their uh, software and come up with uh, an index number. And if the index number is 50, that's considered to be neutral. And if it's less than fifty, that means that uh, uh, that's that is contracting, and greater than fifty means that it's expanding. So what we're seeing is in April that uh, uh, index number for service industries was fifty nine, fifty one point nine, and it had gone from let's say in January it was fifty five point two, February is fifty five point one. Then it went to 51.2, and now it's 51.9. So it's slowing down. And some of the comments that the managers are making, uh, basically, let's let's talk about construction. Uh, High mortgage rates uh, continue to weigh on new residential construction with demand down, material supplies are uh, curtailing production to maintain pricing levels. Labor continues to be constrained, but some negotiation room is developing as the slowdown drags on. Uh, finance and insurance says that at the beginning of the second quarter, business conditions were steady and were prepared for planned expansion in the third quarter, uh, watching the economy and overall market forecasts and trends. Uh, The accommodations in food services people, their comment is lead times are improving. Supplies are struggling on how to position themselves with pricing. Uh, Those keeping prices higher uh, despite a drop in the input costs are at risk of losing their business to those that are willing to adjust prices in line with lower input costs, and uh, retail sales, retail environment is lower year over year, but the trends are stable year to date. Inventory levels are coming more in line to match the new uh, lower demand trends. So uh, wholesale trade, business activity remains relatively flat compared to last year. Inventories are much more balanced versus demand, and supply chains are near full recovery. We're optimistic about demand and business activity in late spring and summer months. So there's a lot of comments in there that basically reflect that the service industries uh, are getting by. Uh, It is slowing down, just like I mentioned the numbers in uh, January were like 55. Uh, now the late, latest numbers are 51. And uh, the thing that's helping it is basically they're getting new orders. Uh, the new orders are, are uh, 20 or 30 percent of the uh, manager said that uh, this month new orders picked up. Uh, and business activity also picked up the the uh, uh, export export orders are growing backlogs are are contracting slower so all in all uh the institute of supply management feels that the service uh part of the economy is uh, still expanding but at a slower pace than uh, previously so one of the things that uh, that's, that's opposed to what's happening in the manufacturing sector, which is basically contracting. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Who's the one who tied your shoe and you were young? 
knows when to come. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Tomorrow is Mother's Day, and the children and dad will try to show their appreciation and love for mom. It'll be the little things that mom will appreciate the most. Moms will notice because they are loving and wise. Just think how much you learn from your mom. All I really needed to know about how to live life to the fullest came from mom. Wisdom, she said, was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but in there in the sand pile at Sunday school. Even though many years have passed since I needed mom to intercede for me in a crisis and wipe the tears away, I still remember what she taught me. Things like share everything, play fair, don't hit people, put things back where you found them, clean up your own mess, and don't take things that aren't yours, say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. All these are (laughs) good memories. And most importantly, wash your hands before you eat, and then don't forget to flush And we learned that warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. We learned a lot. We thought a lot. We sang and danced and and played a lot. And every day, uh, we'd take a nap in the afternoon. And when you go out in the world, watch out for traffic. Hold hands. Stick together. Look both ways. And then look again. Do you remember the... The little seed in the styrofoam cup, the roots go down and the plant goes up. Nobody really knows how or why, but we're all like that. The goldfish and the hamsters and the white mice and even the little seed in the styrofoam cup, they all die sooner or later. So do we. Remember the Dick and Jane books and the first words we learned, the biggest word of all was look. Uh, everything we needed to know was in there somewhere. The golden rule and love and basic sanitation, ecology and politics and equality and kindness, respect for life in many forms and sane living. And oh yes, I almost forgot, she taught us how to love. So to all the kids and dads, make tomorrow a special day for mom. Make her a queen for a day. And to all the moms, enjoy your special day. It's not going to last very long. And basically, enjoy it and, and uh, uh, thank, you know, the. and if moms are not there, they'll remember what mom was like. So until we meet again, the more of Get Rich Low may kind of protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.